D F S. It is Friday, December 30th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 17 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, the past couple weeks, we smushed DraftKings and FanDuel together into one show to make way for the draft show. Did hear from users, though, who were like, wait a second. I just play this one. I just play the other one. You guys were one of the few that were just doing a separate show for each. I like that. Why did that go away? So I said, hey, I thought it would be better to fit in the draft show. But if people want it separated, we're going to go ahead and separate it. We're going to do DraftKings first. We're going to do FanDuel second. And we're still going to do the draft show after that. I'm with those people. My brain prefers them separate. And I, and I do think um, they tend to be different enough on a week to week basis that um it's, it's worth keeping them separate. So I'm, I'm happy. And my brain is with trying to make people happy around me. So we'll do it like we did the old way. We'll start with DraftKings here. We'll start of course with cash quarterbacks and Jared, this is fertile five K quarterback ground this week. I love how many guys were sitting there with fives at the beginning of their DraftKings salary. When I fired up the lineup generator this week. For sure. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's Jared Goff and cash who does come in as our best value at the position we've talked about his home road splits throughout the year. He's averaging 23.1 DraftKings points per game at home this year, 21 plus DK points in five of his eight home games. And he's just in a, a great spot here against a bad bears defense. The lions have the highest implied total on the main slate at 29 points higher than even the chiefs who are, who are at home for the Broncos. Yeah. I think he's an even better option than our current ceiling projection gives him credit for. It's a, just a great spot. He's been a high floor guy. He hasn't been turning the ball over. He's facing a terrible defense. So I think he's easily the top cash play. I think if Jalen hurts doesn't play Gardner Minshew enters the discussion at 5,500, but I mean, a hundred dollars cheaper than somebody who has been delivering for us even longer. And Jared Goff, it makes Goff the easy top guy there. And then shifting over to tournament lineups, I certainly think Goff is in play there as well because yeah. not a, we know that Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be highly owned. We know that that matchup is going to be well played. The ownership projection on Goff right now, though, is not crazy high. Uh, you can play him. You can play St. Brown. You can add DJ Chark to that to differentiate it some. His ownership projection is not high right now. And, I mean, I'm not sure how many people are going to go Goff, St. Brown, Chark, and, like, Cole Komet. Like, that should be a better – differentiating lineup than you would think yep. just looking at the ownership rates on either St. Brown or Cole Komet this week. For sure. Yeah. I'm going to play golf in tournaments, even at their ownership. I think he's just too strong a play at the price tag. I think, like you said, you just want to make sure you get different. I think playing Chark gets you different playing Deandre Swift gets you different at 8%. Um, I think you consider, you could consider playing golf without I'm on Ross St. Brown. Even if you do want to play, you know, a, a chalkier golf, I'm on Ross St. Brown with, say Chark in there just you know make sure you're playing a low owned guy or two at one of your other spots I think it's definitely doable this week who else are you playing a tournament quarterback Trevor Lawrence is coming in at six percent ownership I'm, I'm playing him if that if that holds um you know he scored 19 DraftKings points last week which you know, I, I think was actually a pretty good performance considering the the spot on the road against the tough Jets defense in bad weather 28 plus DraftKings points in three of his previous four games. And I think, I mean, Evan Ingram is the top value at tight end. And I think, you know, Zay Jones is a good value at wide receiver. I think you can consider stacking Lawrence with ETN, who is a pretty solid value at running back. So lots of stock stacking options. I'm surprised Lawrence is coming in at such low ownership. 
I am too. And it's not so much that he's underrated. It looks like people are just spreading it around at quarterback right now, which I guess probably makes him a little bit underrated because he isn't higher than that 6%, but that's one of the higher numbers at quarterback right now. But looking at the numbers in our lineup generator, he's tied with Brock Purdy. He's tied with Aaron Rodgers. He's behind Daniel Jones. Like none of those things should be true. I don't think. Agreed. Agreed. I think Teddy Bridgewater at 5K is also interesting. It feels like the week to pick the right 5K QB. And there are lots of options. There are really not that many that I'm that interested in, though. Nine of our top 11 quarterbacks in DK dollars per point sit at $5,700 or less this week. There's no Josh Allen on the main slate. There's no Joe Burrow. We'll see about Jalen Hurts. The latest is Nick Sirianni not wanting to name a QB starter before Friday's practice. So we'll see if Minshew's in the mix there. But Teddy Bridgewater stands out, if only because he's got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle at his disposal. Oh, yeah. We're on the same page here. I I love Bridgewater as a tournament play Um, coming in at what we have him at 4% projected ownership i mean he's five thousand bucks you know tua is seven thousand i wouldn't be playing tua in this spot at seven thousand but if tua was like six thousand i'd be playing him and i i don't know how big a downgrade teddy bridgewater really is i mean he's he's thrown 60 passes this year with the fans he's averaging 8.7 yards per pass attempt you know two is at 8.9 no knock against Tua, but i think his success this season has been more to do with the scheme and the weapons so i think bridgewater can come in and you know do a good impersonation the patriots too Jalen Mills, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, all looking doubtful for this game. And Jonathan Jones is dealing with injury, too. So that secondary is really banged up. We saw Joe Burrow have no trouble against that pass defense, at least in the first half of last week's game. Um, so I don't think this matchup is going to be as tough for Bridgewater as like the, the numbers might look at, make it look on paper. And if Bridgewater does impersonate Tua, let's just hope he doesn't do the version from the past three weeks where he's been Tuable because yes. uh, he's like we mentioned on yesterday's podcast, he was just awful in those three games. Really? Like, I mean, fantasy numbers have been better than the real life performance, but especially against Green Bay, he just looked awful. So I agree. I don't think it's really a downgrade to Bridgewater. And really what we're taking is quarterback for the Dolphins as opposed to any individual player. Exactly. I think it's worth like Patrick Mahomes obviously stands out as a tournament play here. He always has the upside, but I think that there's some risk to his ceiling numbers in that these Denver Broncos look like they've quit. Like if this game gets one sided, like it did last time, we could see the chiefs Mm. kind of pull back and just limit things in general as you know, similar to what they did last week. Yeah, although that first game against the Broncos, you know, was close into the fourth quarter. So that's kind of what you're hoping with Mahomes. If you if you if I'm playing Mahomes, I'm playing one of the Broncos receivers because I think you're going to need one of those guys to have a pretty good day to you know push Mahomes to have one of his thirty pointers. And Jerry Judy did still manage to practice Thursday after leaving Wednesday's practice early with an ankle issue. So it looks like he's probably trending toward playing, but we'll have to watch the situation for those guys if you are using one of them. I prefer Sutton this week. For thirteen hundred dollars less on DraftKings, if I'm if I'm playing one of those cheap stacks, I think Sutton would be my preferred Bronco runback. I think I'd rather avoid that whole situation, just play Kelsey, and then take guys from other games. That works too. Running back for cash, Jared. What's your favorite here? I'm playing Christian McCaffrey at the nine thousand dollar price tag. I know we underwhelmed last week, but you know he had twenty eight plus DraftKings points in each of his previous three games. Now he gets the, the Raiders twenty ninth in adjusted points allowed to running backs. Um, so I. I I'm I'm scared not to play McCaffrey in cash. Um, that, I'm going to play Travis Etienne as well. I think 6,400 bucks is just too cheap for the type of usage he's getting. 71 plus percent of the Jags' offensive snaps in eight straight healthy games for Etienne. He has 
17, 19, and 22 carries over his last three games. I think he's he's going to be around that level in this game against Houston where, you know, Jacksonville you know, should should be playing with a lead. Yeah, I can't argue against McCaffrey or Travis Etienne. I think Leonard Fournette is not overly attractive, but at 5,600, he worked like the number one running back for the Bucks last week. He's now coming off a season high, 30 opportunities, 29 touches. I think I like him better as a cash play than as a tournament play because I'm not sure how much ceiling there is to him, but... I mean, he could see double digit targets again. It wouldn't be the first time this season or even the first time in these past two weeks. Yeah, I'm with you that I feel and he is in play for me in cash. I'm kind of deciding between Fournette and James Conner for my final cash spot. And Conner's way more expensive. So you'd have to go cheaper at tight end. We can talk about that in, in, a, in a bit. Fournette in tournaments, I feel like he's not a tournament play, but he's also coming in as our top value at running back. And he's projected for just 6% ownership. So I'm I'm wondering if I should you know, consider him in tournaments. You know, I think even, even 20 out of him in a smaller field tournament at his price tag, I think, I think would be good enough. Which I definitely think is within his range. For sure. Yeah. It's definitely worth keeping his salary in mind because we don't need as much of a blow up as we would if he were a seven K running back at this point. Exactly. I think Tyler Algier and Brian Robinson are interesting, more interesting than they are a lot of weeks on this full PPR site. 5,300 for Algier against Arizona, 5,200 for Brian Robinson against Cleveland. Both tremendous rushing matchups. Both guys should be good bets to get work. Both guys have a shot to hit that 100-yard threshold that gives you the three-point bonus, makes up for a lack of receiving. And we did see Tyler Algier lead the backfield in receiving last week. So that's not enough to say he's the backfield leader for receiving. But we can at least say maybe he leads the backfield and receiving again, gets mm-hmm. several receptions in this game to help whatever he's able to do on the ground. I think they're in play for cash. I think they're more attractive even as we shift over to tournament lineups. Yeah, they're probably my, what, fifth and sixth favorite cash options at running back. So I, I won't get to them in cash, I don't think. But I do like both guys for tournaments, both coming in with reasonable ownership projections. Robinson, 9%. Elgier, 11%. I, I prefer Robinson among the two, um, especially with Antonio Gibson looking iffy for this game. He has, he has a pair of injuries on the injury report. It's not yet practiced this week. So if he's out, I'm sure Robinson's ownership would probably spike. So maybe we actually want Gibson to, to play and maybe just be limited. I like Miles Sanders for tournaments as well. Um, 5,900 bucks. It's Sanders' cheapest price tag since week three. Actually, I, I like him better if it's Minshew at quarterback. We saw Sanders. He didn't deliver big fantasy numbers last week, but he got, he got 21 carries last week in that loss to Dallas. Um, and as we, we talked about, I think, I think he has higher touchdown upside with Hertz not in there, although we did see Minshew get the Jalen Hurts uh, one yard quarterback plunge. So yeah, maybe, maybe Sanders will keep getting screwed at the goal line, even with Minshew in there. I'm a little scared of Miles Sanders entering the game with an injury, uh, even if, you know, even yeah. if he's active, obviously, but uh, that, that frightens me a little bit, especially when I have a couple other 5k attractive running backs that we just talked about. Yeah. We'll see the practice report today. You know, he returned to a limited practice yesterday. Yeah. If he's full go off the injury report, I'll, I'll feel comfortable playing him. I think it's interesting that Travis Etienne's only at 13% projected ownership. That's one of the higher running backs, but he's fifth on the running back list and obviously has as good a matchup as anyone. And we've seen it hasn't been the norm of Jacksonville loading him up with carries, but we've at least seen it happen a couple of times. So we could get a truly monster game from Etienne in this one. For sure. Yeah, I'm going to be playing him at that ownership for sure in tournaments. I mentioned DeAndre Swift, you know, 5,300 bucks for a guy with his passing game role it's, this is obviously an offense and a game environment we want a piece of this week um and swift coming in at just eight percent ownership and the last guy i have here is jarek mckinnon who was you know pretty popular last week 
was underwhelming. You know, didn't kill you. He scored a touchdown, but didn't have a big game. He's now coming in at 3% projected ownership against this Broncos team that he went for 35 DraftKings points against just a few weeks ago. So if that ownership holds, I'm going to definitely be having some McKinnon in tournament lineups. You know, he's a guy you could you could stack up with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's a better DeAndre Swift. <laughs> yeah, and Swift's more popular this week, so maybe we uh, we go to McKinnon. Yeah, it won't be Swift for me, but I um, I can get on board with all those other guys. Over to wide receiver for cash. Greg Dortch sits at the top of our list for dollars per point right now at 3K. Is he actually in play here, Jared? I don't think so, because I think zero is in his range of outcomes, right? I mean, we saw it the two previous games. Like, we don't know what the Cardinals wide receiver core is going to look like. It seems to me that Dortch got the playing time last week because of the Marquise Brown situation where he, you know, got disciplined at least early in that game. So that made Dortch the, the slot receiver. I, I think there's a decent chance they go back to – you know, AJ Green being the third guy along with Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm 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 gonna stay away from Dorsch and Cash. It doesn't seem like Cliff Kingsbury knows yet what <laughs> is really on his team because I mean really it seems like at this point you should have in your mind what is the best alignment versus AJ Green being the number three wide receiver or Greg Dorch being the number three wide receiver. And there has been some moving around. You know, there was that game midseason where he spent uh, Rondale Moore on the outside of the formation throughout sure. the game before Marquise Brown was back, then, you know, kind of wasting him out there. So uh, this is always a situation that I don't want to trust good coaching coming through. So you could play Dorch at 3K in a tournament lineup, you know, if we don't hear ahead of the game what the alignment's going to be. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I would not trust that he is going to be the starting slot receiver here. Because I think probably their best alignment is Marquise Brown inside, DeAndre Hopkins outside, the other side, you know, rotating <laughs> among the remaining guys. Yeah, you know, if Dorch's ownership stays at 2%, though, I'll, I'll play him in tournaments. Because every time he's gotten playing time this season, he's produced. You know, he's gone for 20-plus in each of his last two games where he's you know been on the field a decent amount. So if that ownership holes, you know, I think he's a really good play at, at, at minimum price. And the slot's been an excellent spot if you're a Cardinals receiver this year. So for sure yep. it for cash, I like Zay Jones at five K he's second yep. in our DK dollars per point. He's a thousand dollars cheaper than Christian Kirk, who is 23rd in our dollars per point. So that shows how close they are in the projections. One tenth of a PPR point between them. They've been running even in usage recently. So if I just look at them in a vacuum, I don't have a strong preference between Zay Jones and Christian Kirk head up deciding on them for one slot. Christian Kirk is also tied for second in projected ownership among wide receivers right now. I think that's too high for him. Just like even just looking at the matchup, we've talked plenty about how we're not using this Houston matchup as a reason to downgrade wide receivers. But I think this is where you do factor it in in that there is at least the downside that Jacksonville doesn't go crazy passing like, you know, Houston opponents have done throughout the season. And then even if they're successful passing, you've mentioned that the slot has been a spot where they've been tougher in coverage. So they could have a successful day, even with Christian Kirk, not having a big day. And we've also talked about how there are enough options here that they don't have to have Christian Kirk centrally involved in passing success. So overall, I would say Christian Kirk is a fade for me because I'm not too scared about him blowing up in this spot. Yeah, for sure. Houston, a top three defense against slot receivers for for the for the you know course of the entire season, a neutral matchup for outside wide receivers. And you know, Kirk has played about two thirds of his snaps in the slot this season. Zay Jones has been outside for about two thirds of his snaps. So on paper, it's definitely a better matchup for, for Zay Jones. And we saw the Texans limit Christian Kirk to what was I think one catch in their first meeting. Zay Jones didn't do that 
anything in that game either, but Marvin Jones had the big game, who of course is their other outside wide receiver. So it's it's easily Zay Jones over Christian Kirk for me, considering the DraftKings prices. Otherwise, the cash, I'm staying in the $5,000 range. I'm going back to Juju Smith-Schuster. He disappointed last week, but his volume has just really been steady for most of the season. He has eight plus targets in eight of his 12 healthy games this season. He went for 74 yards and a score on nine catches against Denver a few weeks ago. So 5600 bucks seems like a, a nice price for Juju. Then I'm going to play Garrett Wilson, too. The matchup is tough against Seattle. That's the team that just, you know, limited Juju Smith-Schuster. But, you know, Garrett Wilson at this price tag, what he's done in Mike White starts this season. Um, I, I, I think he's talented enough to deliver, at least for cash at this price. I do think he's a good tournament fade because of the matchup. Yeah, high ownership and the matchup. I agree that he's a tournament fade. I, I won't argue with him in cash, but I think it is worth weighing that matchup that has been truly bad for wide receiver scoring on the year. I agree with the talent, but you know the numbers are certainly there that there is risk to him. I like Drake London at 4,900, 38.6% target share over the past three games, facing an Arizona defense that's, it, it says by the adjusted fantasy points allowed, that has been negative for wide receivers. It's really not a good pass defense. They also have two corners on the injury report this week. They lost Buda Baker to a shoulder fracture. So the, the pass coverage that is already mediocre, I think will be worse this week. We've had nine plus targets for Drake London in each of those past three games, at least six catches and 70 yards. I don't think he has the ceiling to be a tournament play, to be a good mm -hmm. tournament play, but I like him as a PPR floor play here at 4,900. Yep, I think Lennon's definitely in the cash game mix. Tournament side, which you like it wide up. So Juju is coming in at 7% projected ownership. I'm definitely playing him if that holds. I'll leave I'll leave DJ Chark to you. I'm assuming you have some, some notes on Chark. Um, I'm going to keep chasing Mike Evans. I don't even know if I can recommend it to you listeners, but I'm, I'm just pot committed on the guy. I've been chasing it for the, the second half of this season. I, the usage has still been there. He's averaging 8.2 targets per game on the season. He's ninth among all wide receivers in air yards. He's 16th in expected fantasy points. He did go for nine catches for 96 yards against Carolina back in week seven. And that was the game where on the third play of the game, he dropped a wide open 64 yard touchdown. I remember because I had plenty of him in, in tournaments that week as well. So, you know, a, a truly massive game was there for him, you know, 10 catches, 150 yards and a score was right there for Evans in this first meeting, JC Horn out for the rematch that, you know, probably would have been Evans primary matchup. So 6,500 bucks and 2% projected ownership. I'm going to take another shot on Mike Evans. I will not argue against there still being upside to Mike Evans. I will say that, expected PPR points since week nine, he's wide receiver 20. So that's in the don't forget about him range, but it's also not in the, it's there. It's just waiting for him to have a huge week range. And I think when you factor in his yeah. offense, his quarterback, not playing well, you know, I, I don't think there's quite the ceiling that we're used to, but there's also not the salary that we're used to. So I can, I can ultimately yeah. get behind it, even if I'm less um, feverish about it than you are. Yeah, I'm checking right now to see like where he was in expected fantasy points, even like last season. I feel like he's never a guy who's super high there. Yeah, he was 23rd in expected fantasy points last year. You know, he's just a guy that tends to overproduce versus expected points. It hasn't happened this year because the Bucks offense has been crap. But um, I, I I still think he has the upside for you know 25, 30 point game. DJ Chark, 4,300 bucks, wide receiver 24 in PPR points since returning from injury. That's five games. Tied for 43rd in wide receiver salary this week, fifth in our DK dollars per point. I mean, really, that's the case for him. He's in this yeah. matchup that is projected for the most points of the week. He's their number two wide receiver. 
I would play him even if you're not playing Jared Goff because he's in single-digit ownership. Obviously, there's a low floor. He has not been a high-target wide receiver. But the reason we like him is because the targets that do come are downfield. His quarterback is playing well. It's a high-scoring matchup. It's a high-scoring game. So there's just lots of upside, and I'm not worried really about the risk that comes with it for this particular um, you know, format. Yep, 16-yard average depth of target for DJ Chark. Among his last five games, he has outings of 15, 21, and 18 DraftKings points. Um, I was surprised to see him at just 6% projected ownership when I saw that this morning. I'm on Ross St. Brown at 7,800. Keenan Allen, 7,000 are, to me, the two guys that I'm not really worried about their ownership projection and just going ahead and playing some as opposed to full fading because I think they're both excellent bets to get plenty of targets in high upside spots. So I don't think that there's risk that they're going to drag you down with, you know, a third of the field. And there is on the other hand, risk that either one gets 15 targets this week and just has the monster game that separates the rest of the field from you. Yeah. I guess the only pushback would be, and especially for Keenan Allen, like does he have the 30 point upside? We haven't seen it yet this season. Um, I think any receiver getting that level of volume does have the potential to go for, for that many fans points. I and mean, we've seen Amon Ross St. Brown do it a few times this season. Really. If you look at that usage, like Keenan Allen is getting Amon Ross St. Brown level usage, maybe even better over you know, the last five weeks or so. Right. 14 targets in three of his past four games. So, I mean, all he really has to do is hang on and he has 25 to 30 point upside there. Tight end for cash. What do you like here, Jared? Evan Ingram. Pretty easy for me. 4,400 bucks over the last four weeks, 40 targets. That's first among tight ends. 31 catches first among tight ends. 367 receiving yards first among tight ends. Three touchdowns. That's second among tight ends behind only, only George Kittle, who has four. And we saw Evan Ingram have a big game against Houston. I mean, not a huge game, but a nice game. Six catches, 69 yards on 10 targets back in week five. Um, you know, that was one of his higher target games. Definitely seemed like a game where the Jags prioritized him in the game plan, which again, I, I think does make sense because Houston has been a bit better against wide receivers than you might think. I want to clip those Evan Ingram stats and put them on <laughs> yeah. loop and set them to the music from Chariots of Fire. <laughs> Love it. I think the only reason to maybe not play Evan Ingram is if that salary doesn't fit 4,400 bucks. And if that's the case, I would go down to Tyler Conklin yep. at 2,900. He's facing the league's top scoring matchup for tight ends by our adjusted fantasy points allowed third worst matchup for receivers as well. So if even Garrett Wilson struggles, you know, only more reason to look toward Tyler Conklin in that one. So that that's it. Like Tyler Conklin is a decent yeah. player. It's been a better pass offense with Mike White. It's been a much higher volume pass offense with Mike White. So it's just taking a shot that the targets head toward Tyler Conklin in a high upside matchup at a very low salary, of course. My final decision in my cash line this week is, do I want to play Fournette with Ingram? Or Connor with Conklin. Who I should I play I like that? The Connor Conklin combo, Connor. but I that's like a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Our projections have the Fournette Ingram side a bit better. I I haven't decided yet. I think they're both both strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you're weighing Connor's ceiling versus Fournette's floor. Obviously, they're both high floor guys because they're getting really high yeah. usage. I guess maybe the one thing we don't know is what if Fournette's usage isn't quite to the level that it was last week, but right. it has been leaning that way lately. For sure. On the tournament side, I mean, those guys are certainly in play. We'll see about the ownership for Evan Ingram. I think I'm willing to overlook it, though, in his spot and how he's been producing. Travis Kelsey is obviously always in the picture. 8,100 against the Broncos. The Broncos just got lit up by Tyler Higby, of all people. So we know that there is ultimate upside to Travis Kelsey here, whether you're playing Mahomes or not. For sure, yeah. I always 
work to get Kelsey in at least some tournament lineups because he does have the 30-point upside that no other tight end has. I think 12% ownership on Ingram, if that holds, I think that's reasonable. I'll still be playing him. Conklin, I think, is in play for tournaments at 7% projected ownership. Jelani Woods, who is 100 bucks less than Tyler Conklin, coming in at 2% projected ownership, You know, didn't have a big game last week, just three targets. But he did run a pass route on 62% of the dropbacks with Kylan Granson out of that game last week. It looks like Granson's going to miss Sunday's game as well. In that previous game, Granson missed. That was the uh, well, it was a primetime game against 17.8 DK points against the Steelers. So, um, you know, he's a guy at least profile-wise ha- has the upside to to make some some big plays. Yeah, and I mean, it it was clear early in that game that they were trying to get the ball to him. You know, it quickly became clear that Nick Foles was not going to be able to do whatever they were planning to do in that game. You'd like to think that they'll at least be better this week. But, you know, you like that we've seen him be central to the game plan, that they obviously need answers. And it's a positive matchup and low ownership and low salary. So, yeah, I can get behind taking shots there. George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, I think, are worth mentioning just because... Mm -hmm. If anybody gets close to Travis Kelsey and ceiling, nobody does. But right behind him in ceiling are George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson, both of them in the 5K range, both of them in single digit ownership. So, you know, if you just if the salary just doesn't fit for Travis Kelsey with everything else you want to build, and obviously you're probably building multiple lineups. I think both Mm -hmm. of these guys have plenty of attractiveness with what they bring. Yeah, I like David Njoku, too. 4100 bucks. He's actually our third best dollars per point value at tight end. He's coming in at just 4% projected ownership. He has 20 targets over the last three games with Sean Watson. Give me seven or eight targets out of a guy this talented, and um, I, I, I definitely like him in, in tournaments. Defense, Jared, why are the 49ers $2,900 on DraftKings this yeah. week? I, I, I'm not sure there is any circumstance by which I'm playing another defense than them versus Jared yeah. Stidham at 2900 yeah, I mean, pricing obviously came out before the, the quarterback news. Um, even, even against Carr, Derek Carr, why wouldn't yeah. it be in the 3K range? You're playing him in cash, and I think even in tournaments, I'm going to be scared not to have the 49ers defense in there. I'm looking at their – yeah, I mean, it, this is their lowest DK price since week seven for whatever reason. Yeah, like normally if a team is going to be the dominant top defense, then I'm just going to avoid them no matter who it is. But yeah. not this week. The 49ers against Jarrett Stidham. I don't care if it's, you know, 90% owned. I'm going to go ahead and play them because I'm not worried about the Raiders having some blow up game. Yeah. I mean, they would, I think they would legitimately need like two defensive touchdowns for this to be a game where I regret playing them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there's still an argument to, look elsewhere for the bigger tournaments. I do think there are some other strong plays, obviously not nearly as strong as the Niners at 2,900, but you know, the jets are a hundred dollars less coming in at 7% projected ownership, 2,800 bucks. And that's a talented defense against a, a Seahawks offense. That's been struggling lately. The, Patriots at 2,600, they're, they're actually the highest scoring defense in terms of DraftKings points per game this season ahead of even the 49ers. They're averaging 11.3 DK points per game. The Pats have 14, 11, and 20 DraftKings points in their last three games. Um, and as we said, that's a you know struggling Dolphins offense with a backup quarterback in there. So I think, I think New England could be a decent pivot too. But the Patriots cash cow has been cornerback Marcus Jones on that front. He had the punt return against the Jets. He had the interception return against the Bengals. He's got a concussion, probably not going to play in this game. So I think I think that's a big knock sure. into their upside this week as a defense. Yep, good point. Well, that's going to do it for this week 17 DraftKings podcast. You can head over to DraftSharks.com right now. Check out the lineup generator. Build your own lineups for playing on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. You can also find Jared's 
articles highlighting the top picks for playing cash and GPP entries on DraftKings this week. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.